Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast with Rob Schallenberger. You're listening to the show that is guaranteed to help you transform your life and achieve results that otherwise would have seemed difficult or even impossible. In each episode, you'll learn from someone who has achieved extraordinary goals. Rob is a best-selling author, former F-16 fighter pilot, Air Force One advanced agent, world-renowned keynote speaker and corporate trainer who's trained Fortune 500 companies around the world, executive coach, father of four, and the CEO of Becoming Your Best Global Leadership. Now, here is Rob Schallenberger. All right, welcome back to our Becoming Your Best family and podcast listeners. We're excited to have you with us today and hope you're having a fabulous day wherever you are in the world. Hey, just a reminder, if you haven't already done this, go to becomingyourbest.com, put in your first name and email, and you're going to start getting those weekly success tips. So that's our invitation. If you haven't done that already, becomingyourbest.com, just put in your first name and email. Hey, well, we have an incredible guest on our show today. I'm so excited that we have the one and only James Malinchak with us. <laughs> he is a master marketer. Uh, he is, he's just an incredible all-around person. So, James, so glad to have you on the show today. I'll introduce you in a few minutes, but so glad you're able to join us. Hey, Rob, how you doing, buddy? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, we're going to have a great show today, one I know our listeners are going to get a lot of value from. So well, I've got a great interviewer. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Hey, well, let me introduce our listeners to you, James. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, you are a master marketer. I've met very few people that can market like James can market. He's incredible what he does. I know he coaches uh, hundreds of people in that arena. He also uh, started a big money speaker boot camp where he trains and coaches people on how to get their message out to the world. You may also recognize his name from ABC's featured TV show, Secret Millionaire. <laughs> James was on that show a few years ago, and he's going to tell us a little bit more about that in the show. And this is an astounding number. He's done over 2,000 motivational and business presentations throughout the world. So truly, James is an incredible person. You're going to get a sense of who he is and what he's done as we, as we have this conversation today. So James, you know, one of the things that's beneficial as we get going here is that our listeners get to know you a little bit better, that they understand that you know, success didn't just show up at your front door. So maybe you can talk about your background. You know, what did this start or where did this start for you? How did this evolve and how did you get to where you are today? Well, like all motivational speakers, I was born in a van down by the river. <laughs> <laughs> the old Saturday Night Live skit. No, I, uh, I actually wasn't. Um, I was born in a very small steel mill town outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Population of about, I don't know, 8,000 folks, seven, 8,000 folks. And we didn't have much growing up. Uh, mom worked at the school as a lunch mother, serving lunches to us kids. And dad was a railroad conductor working uh, uh, in the mill. And um, we didn't have much. I wasn't a great student. I didn't really even prefer school. <laughs> I um, was a C student. And you know what a C student is, right? Rob, see your way through school. That was me. <laughs> so um, I thought my way, but I had big dreams and big goals, just like you know any teenager has or any adult has. I, I really had things inside that I wanted to try to accomplish with my life. And I thought, the best way for me to do that and to sort of get out of the small town and the small town mentality was through athletics. So I honed my skills, worked every summer uh, practicing my skills so that I could eventually hopefully get a basketball scholarship. So long story short, 
we ended up winning the state basketball championship my senior year. I got a lot of nice awards, and I uh, signed and took a basketball scholarship to the University of Cincinnati, and I played there, and my coach got uh, let go, so I ended up transferring and, long story short, graduated from University of Hawaii at Hilo, where I ended up not finishing basketball because I blew out my knee uh, during a game. So started, I moved to Los Angeles, started my career as a, uh, well, I thought would be a financial consultant, but I actually was an administrative assistant and I made $18,000 a year living in Los Angeles. <laughs> so, um, I used to work in a video store at night to try to pay my rent uh, after I finished working. But then I, I was able to uh, eventually take my exam and I went on to um, become number two, I believe it was, in the whole country for my training class for uh, performance for that year, won a bunch of awards. And I started doing pretty well as a stockbroker. And then what happened was um, I started getting asked to speak for some sales organizations. And I was like, well, what do you want me to talk on? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean speak? Like, I didn't even know what they were talking about. And so, well, tell them how you stay motivated or how you built your, your little sales business without cold calling, et cetera. And so I did that. And one led to two and two. And these were all for for no compensation. I was just doing it because I like to help people and, and I was speaking. And then I started writing a book to help college kids uh, called From College to the Real World, trying to help them make a successful transition and go for their dream job like I did for mine. And I uh, did about, gosh, I must have done Rob a hundred, you know, talks just running around Los Angeles doing them. And then one day I decided, you know what, I think I might want to try to do this full time. And and I did it full time. And long story short, done over 2000 some presentations now, was two time college speaker of the year. Very blessed for that. Helped a lot of kids. Uh, gosh, got a lot of books and CD programs and do this nice uh, business coaching and consulting program for a lot of wonderful folks and get a call one time from ABC television and said, hey, we would like you to come on this show and profile you on ABC's TV show Secret Millionaire. And that's how this all happened. And then and just the last little thing was all these folks started to find me and say, well, how have you built this speaking career? And so I launched back, oh, gosh, way back in 2000, I think it was, 2001, uh, a, a little seminar with 12 people on how to build a speaking career, the business side of it. So that's kind of the synopsis. And now I get to be on this this becoming your best podcast with a fine fellow like you. How about <laughs> life is just grand. <laughs> uh, hey, let me go back. I want to ask you more about the ABC Secret Millionaire Show. Uh, but before I do, you know, I wish people could hear the full version of this story. We've been to James's Big Money Speaker Boot Camp. Great experience. You know, where he tells the whole story here. And I want to go back to your financial planner times. You do things or did things that most people don't do. And so I wish people could see behind that curtain. Maybe if you could, James, just briefly in a minute or less, talk about what you did as a financial planner. If I remember the story right, you went and asked one of them to mentor you or you took them to lunch or something and and you did something that no one else was doing. Am yeah. I asking that correctly? Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, see, I, I believe this. Don't think outside the box. You got to crush the box. You know, and you can't stay inside your own paradigm because when you're inside your own mind, you're inside your own paradigm, you only know what you know. And and so you can't be a silo and think that you could do it all by yourself. So as a young broker, 
I used to, you know, they, they put you in an office in what's called the pit. And basically it's a bunch of cubicles where all the new financial advisors slash stockbrokers, whatever you call them, registered representatives sit. Well, these are all the new folks, right? And, and so I used to look and I would see these, these big offices. And so one day I asked, I was like, well, who are those folks? They said, oh, these are our million dollar producers in the office. These are the best of the best. And man, I got upset. I was like, I'm in this tiny little cubicle. Those folks have nice office. They have windows, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I said, look, I want to be one of them. And so I quickly decided, I'm like, well, why am I hanging out with the folks in the cubicles? Not that they're not nice folks, but they don't know anything. And I said, if I want to be one of those folks, I need to be hanging out with those folks because their ideas, their tips, their strategies are going to rub off because they're playing at a much higher level and they're playing at the level that I want to play at. So I started walking in. You know, I took a deep breath because I was nervous. I was a young little kid starting out, took a deep breath and you know, went and knocked on their doors and asked if I could you know, talk to them for a minute. And to my surprise, Rob, you know what happened? They were nice. They didn't bite my head off or anything or yell at me. <laughs> and so many times we, we get nervous to like introduce ourselves to people who we perceive, let me say that again, we perceive are better than us or a higher level and we get timid and fearful of, of talking to folks who we perceive at a different level than us. And so they invited me in and basically I said, look, I'm brand new at this business. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I just came out of sales training 101, just passed my exam, but I want to be where you are. And I have tremendous admiration and respect. You are one of the best of the best because you're, you know, in this nice office and you're a million dollar producer. May I take you to lunch? And so they were all nice. I figured, heck, everybody has to eat, you know? <laughs> And everybody, you know, as long as you're cordial and kind and, and don't, you know, become a pest, everybody would surely do a 40-minute lunch with you. And so what happened was amazing. They were so blown away that I was eager to learn, eager to be better, uh, that they started mentoring me. I had three or four of these folks mentoring me. And every week we would go to lunch, and this was important, I always bought the lunch, I mean, you don't take somebody to lunch and then have them buy it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but they would mentor me, and, and you know what, Rob? It was amazing. They would start saying stuff like this. Well, you know, James, when I started 25 years ago, I did this, this, and this. But, you know, if I were you starting over again today, I wouldn't do that. I'd do this and this. And then they started to – they liked my chutzpah, my hustle. They liked that I was there early in the uh, morning in the office and I was the last one to leave. That was my rule. I was the first one there and the last one to leave every day. And I was there on Saturdays. I was like, well, why would I not be doing this, building my business? Because I, what else am I going to do? Be sitting home watching, you know, television, clipping coupons, you know, <laughs> right? I said, I should be hustling and working and trying to do this because uh, I have a desire to be where they are. And the craziest thing, some of them started, they love that. And they started asking me to partner with them and to work their smaller accounts. And that's really how I ended up winning uh, most outstanding performance and number one new account openings for my training class. I kind of partnered with the, the folks who knew what they were doing and they were great mentors. I'm glad you shared that, Jane. There is so much wisdom and insight in that. And I hope our listeners captured that. You know, if there's something that you want to go out in the world and do, 
Why are we just trying to figure this out on our own? Go out there and find a mentor, someone who's done it. And like James did, take them to lunch. It's amazing how nice people are. And in my experience, very rare is the person who will say no. But only in my, again, in my experience, only one to 3% of people will actually ask that question. I've asked this in seminars with hundreds of people out there. How many people have asked a mentor, someone that you consider to be successful to go to lunch? And you'll get one or two hands. Uh, you know, the old adage, success leaves clues. I think just James just gave us a great clue. <laughs> and Rob, can I piggyback on that too? I yes. love what you said in your seminars. You know, there are times when I've asked in my, my seminars, my speeches, how many of you, so let's say I was speaking for a corporation. How many of you know who the top one, two, three, five, ten 10 people are in your corporation, especially if I'm speaking to a sales group? How many of you know who the top one, three, five, or even 10 top producing sales folks are for your division, for your company? And ev- it's amazing. Every hand goes up. I then say this. I ask them this question. I say, how many of you have gone up to these top five and taken them to lunch and have done it every month since you've been working here? And you know, Rob, I have yet to find hand, a hand that goes up. Hmm. Well, isn't that amazing? They know who the top performers are, yet they don't go and take them to lunch and pick their brain. Well, that's great advice. I hope that's one of the big takeaways for our listeners on this show. All right, let's shift gears. Uh, James, great advice there. Let's go back to your ABC Secret Millionaire show. What can you share with us about that experience that, was, that really stood out to you? Wow. So, um, well, for anyone listening, because we are going around the world, who doesn't know what the show was, let me just give a quick synopsis to kind of get everybody up to speed. Basically, ABC uh, took me out of my element, you know, my business, my home, my life, and pretty much just dropped me into an impoverished neighborhood. I, I went to Gary, Indiana, uh, here in the United States. Now, at the time, I didn't know Gary, Indiana was a very tough place and, and very high murder place and, you know, crime. A great place, great city, but there was just a, 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 where I lived was a bad type of tough area. And so uh, basically, I had to live undercover volunteering for amazing uh, organizations who are making a positive difference in the lives of people in their community and just volunteer. Nobody knew who I was. I was undercover, if you will. And then at the, at the end of my time, I go up to the people that, that I volunteered with and I said, there's, there's something I haven't told you. And by the way, you should see the look on their face when I say that. (laughs) And uh, I said, you know, I'm not a struggling volunteer. I'm actually a successful entrepreneur. And I think what you're doing is amazing. And then I opened up my checkbook and I started writing them checks to further their mission, further their cause. Um, I can say this because now it's obviously out, but I was under a contract. I had to give away over $100,000 in order to participate. So that's the premise of the show. So to answer your question, Rob, you know, I thought I was going to go on this show and, okay, I'll go live undercover, I'll write some checks, and then I'll come back and I'll go back into my normal life, right? <laughs> and I got to tell you, it was so much more than that. I saw what true giving and true sacrifice was all about because these folks had no idea that we were ABC television. They had no idea it was going to be on worldwide TV. They thought the way it was pre-framed from the production company, they thought it was a, uh, a documentary being done on volunteering and organizations that are making a difference. They had no idea it was ABC, and they had no idea about my background or anything like that. So 
uh, these folks were just real. They were doing because it was the right thing to do. You know, I, I remember I was working, I was cleaning up trash, and, and you couldn't imagine the amount of trash that were in buildings, thousands of buildings with trash to the ceilings. I mean, just people dumped trash years ago and left. People left entire homes 15 years ago with stuff in it, clothes in it, food in it, mail still in the mailbox, and just left. I mean, I had never seen, I asked the producer one time, I said, have you ever seen anything like this? Said, you know, I was in a third world country one time and I saw something like this. But other than that, I've never, and, and, and I was blown away. This is, this was right here in America. I never knew this existed. But so basically uh, we're cleaning up trash and I'm working with a couple of guys who had just gotten out of prison for, the, I think one was in for 20 years. And we're cleaning these, one of these buildings out. And I asked one of because I've got to start getting to know folks because i got to know who I'm going to you know, give the, the compensation to at the end. And so I'm, I said, hey, let me ask you guys this. Why do you do this? They got paid $10 an hour for two hours, but they'd work eight or ten hours a day cleaning hmm. up this trash. And I, So, Rob, I asked. I said, well, why do you all do this? I'm just you – know, I'm, I'm amazed. I admire you for doing this, but why? And, and one guy turned around and he pointed to a, an elderly man and an elderly woman across the alleyway sitting on a porch swing in the backyard swinging. And he said, for those two? And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, you know, one day – and Rob, you got to understand, it took months to clean one building. That's how much trash there was. But he says, you know, one day they're going to sit out there on that swing and they're not going to see this trash anymore. That's why we do it. And I was just blown away. Because here are these tough guys, um, some of them who just got out of prison, who were just serving and giving just to help someone sitting on a swing so they didn't have to see trash anymore. And and it taught me, you know, what true sacrifice and giving and serving your fellow man and, and woman is all about. So to really answer your question, I thought I was going to go on this show and, you know, live undercover, write some checks, and that was it. But, man – I got way more out of what I learned from observing these true servers and givers. I don't even call them people. I call them angels, you know, uh, from observing them than I think they got out of the money I rewarded them. I, I got life lessons that will stay with me forever. Isn't that the true nature of service where when we give, sometimes we think we're giving, but oftentimes we're the ones that actually receive more somehow. And it sounds to me like you receive more from this than, than they may have received. Oh, yeah, because the, the money comes and goes. And I'm sure the money helped them uh, further their service, further their cause. But, you know, that money, it, it runs out if you don't know marketing and business and replenish it. But, man, those life lessons, you know, say, so well, here we are. You and I are on this this worldwide uh, podcast. And who knows who's going to hear this? And maybe that inspires someone to go out in their community and help in some way. And that was basically because I learned the life lesson just watching these two particular gentlemen. And, and again, there were many folks that I learned from, but that one story is always – when they said we're cleaning up the trash so they don't have to sit on that swing and see this in their elderly age, I was just blown away. Isn't it awesome to see that kind of stuff? I lived in Bolivia for two years, uh, which is the poorest country in South America, and I was just amazed. I remember a family – one time we're in there and I had a companion with me and we're in their home. They had a dirt floor and they wanted to give us their egg that they were going to eat as a family for dinner. Oh my gosh. And I profusely refused. I'm like, no way we can't take this. You, this is for you. <laughs> That's right. But they right. insisted. They said, no, take this. We're not 
This is for you. This is our gift. You have to take it. I've never seen anything like that in my life. You know, here I am living in a place where we have running water and carpet. And right. it's just amazing to see that, isn't it? Pretty life-changing. Well, you realize how, hopefully you realize, and I said hopefully because some people don't, but hopefully you realize how blessed and, and thankful you are and you start to become more grateful for what you have. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's build on that. So, you know, we asked our listeners when we started these podcasts, what are some questions that you have? What are some of your concerns in life? And one we saw over and over was, how can I improve my day-to-day life? And this ties right into the conversation that we're having. So how would you answer that, James, for our listeners? How could they improve their day-to-day life? Well, I think a couple of things. Number one, I think, and I truly do this. I lost my sister Vicky to a brain tumor several years ago. She was fine. Uh, one day she collapsed. Then she had three and a half, three months to live. She passed away three and a half months later. And, you know, it taught me that life is short. And, it, you know, one thing, none of us are guaranteed tomorrow morning. And the most beautiful gift that you and I have in this world, uh, meaning you and I listening, uh, have in this world is take a deep breath, let it out. There you go. I mean, that's the, the greatest, most beautiful gift. I mean, and so when I saw what happened to my sister, Vicky, you know, I realized, man, what am I complaining about? What am I moaning about? I watched my sister pass away, um, and never moaned or complained. And, and you know what? I'm going to be waking up in the morning complaining that it's raining or the car doesn't start, you know? And so every day I wake up and, um, I'm just grateful and thankful. And Hey, Robin, you're going to, I need you to talk for a second. I got an itch in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? I was just thinking, James, as you're talking, how excited and inspired I am just having this conversation. I'm looking out the window right now at some mountains what a great time to be alive in this world. What an amazing opportunity that we have. And what an exciting time. You know, it is what we make it. Every morning when we, wait, make, when we wake up, we have a decision. Is this going to be a great day? Are we going to make lemonade out of lemons? Or is it going to be a sour day? You know, and really it's our choice when we wake up. Absolutely. You, you talked I'm about back. <laughs> you're, you're back. You talked about your sister. You know, that could have really put a lot of people into depression where you say, oh, you know, this isn't worth going on. I just lost my best friend. But you know what? We reflect on the greatness of her life and what we can still do in this world and how we can still leave an impact. So these kind of conversations get me all fired up. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And, you know, because this is life. This is, you know, you strip away the business, the house, the car, the money, the whatever, you know, and, and you're back to real life, you know. <laughs> and But we, we sort of get you know, it's the real gift. I always call it it's the real gift. And all the other stuff is just the wrapping paper on the gift. You know, you take the wrapping paper off, you take the box away, and you're down to the core of the gift. And that's that's real life. Um, so, you know, the whole – the first thing – when that happened with Vicky, I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to be thankful and grateful for every single day I have because there are people – This I always think this. There are people all over the world who did not open their eyelids this morning. They didn't flip their eyelids open this morning. They didn't wake up. Hmm. And so every day when I wake up, I truly say, man, this is a blessing. You know, I'm breathing again. You know, (laughs) I know there are people who didn't have this honor and this privilege today. And I'm telling you, when you do that, it puts your day in perspective. And all of a sudden, the car not starting isn't that big of a deal. You know, you lost a customer or a client. Hey, yeah, it hurts. It's painful. I get it. But then you start to reevaluate and say, okay, well, what could I do better? But 
in the big scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal because I'm alive. I'm healthy. Hopefully you're healthy. You're, you're breathing. Your family's healthy, you know, and, and it really does crystallize your day, your week, your, your, your month, your year. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, oh, I can't get on Facebook today. There's no Wi-Fi. <laughs> Who cares? Right? You know, so that's the first thing I do. And then, Rob, to really, if I could break it down for your great listeners, I, I really have tried to boil my success and what I do down to three things. I like to keep it simple. I'm not a real sharp dude, so I got to keep things, you know, <laughs> simple for me to follow. But number one, I believe it is your mindset. And I'm not talking about wishful pie in the sky, hoping and thinking. I'm talking about changing the way, consciously changing the way you think on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis, thinking on a higher level. When I went and met with those million dollar producers, they automatically pulled me up to a higher level with the way they thought. Even though I wasn't there yet mentally, they started to stretch my, my mind and I started to think completely differently. So I think the first key is mindset, to think totally differently, think higher, think greater, think bigger, you know, don't, don't think inferior like I started to think when I wanted to approach them. Oh, why should I go talk to them? They're way up there in production. I'm a brand new person. You know, we all we all start doubting ourselves. And so what I say is you start changing the way you think first. Then, but that's not enough. The second part, so it's mindset is the first part. The second part is you've got to change your skill sets. I mean, anything you're doing, you have to get the skills to be able to do it. You can't just have the right mindset and you can't just think, you've got to act. That's why um, when I did my book, Millionaire Success Secrets, it's 33 ways to think and act like a millionaire top achiever. It's not just think, it's think and act. You have to get different skills if you are doing real estate, if you are a, a promotion, if you got a promotion in a, a leadership role, you have to have different skills now that you're in a different role. You've got to keep learning. You've got to keep reading books. You've got to keep attending great trainings, great seminars. You've got a mastermind with folks. You've got to coach with folks. You've got to hire a consultant because they stretch you. All those things stretch you and give you the right skills to perform at the new level. But that's not enough. So number one, it's mindset. Number two, it's skill set. And number three, it's get off your assets and do something. <laughs> <laughs> Put the stuff in motion. Don't turn it into shelf help. It's always self-help and you got to take action. And two of my favorite quotes I'll wrap this little piece up with is um, – uh, the famous business philosopher Jim Rohn said, you cannot hire other people to do your push-ups for you. You actually <laughs> got to do them. <laughs> and the other one was from legendary copywriter Gary Halbert. You always accomplish more through movement than through meditation. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah, excellent advice. Love that. Any other thoughts, James? We're going to get ready to wrap up here in just a couple of minutes, and I'm going to give you a chance to share with them how they can get a hold of you and and how they can contact you. But before we do, any final thoughts for our listeners? I, you know, I thought about this. If I could just share one thing that would really, you know, impact anybody around the world, no matter where you're listening, whether you're tall or short, rich or poor, young or old, male or female, whether you're a CEO of a company or whether you're like I was, a brand new, you know, employee, a new hire just getting started, or if you're a college student or a youth and I thought, 
what's the one thing that that really has helped me that's practical that could help your listeners? And here's what I decided to, to kind of end it with, that you've got to make decisions from where you want to be, not from where you currently are. And let me say that again. You make decisions from where you want to be, not from where you currently are. So as I was thinking about our interview, Rob, I was going back over my life and I was thinking about, and it's a hard thing to do. Like what's one thing, right? You know, cause there's, I mean, your book is fantastic. It's got these great, you know, guiding constants we all need. Right. But I said, if, boy, if, if there's one, what would it be? And it, I want to tell you, you kept me up late last night, Rob, thinking about this because <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to pinpoint one thing. Right. But I said, boy, if there's one thing that I started to consistently do throughout my life that I would suggest for anybody, and that that would be you make decisions from where you want to be, not from where you currently are. So if we go back to the example in the very beginning, if I wanted to be a million-dollar producer, I need to start thinking and acting like a million-dollar producer because here's why. Here's what happens for you. It's a principle called act as if. You start act, you start thinking, and then you start acting as if you are that person you are achieving what that person would achieve. You are you know, doing things that that person would do. And then all of a sudden, you know, you start thinking that way. Your actions are starting to become habitual. So therefore, your habits are catching up to acting that way. And then all of a sudden, you start producing the results that way. See, most people think once I get to this level, then I'll start thinking and acting a different way. No, 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 my friends. You must – Think and act that way now before you can get to where you want to be. So I would say that you make decisions from where you want to be, not from where you currently are. And basically, I'll, I end it with this. I always say you have to have it before you will ever have it. You must have it in your heart, your mind, your soul, your spirit, your actions, your thinking before you will ever have it in reality. Muhammad Ali is the perfect example of that, isn't he? Oh, I love Muhammad Ali. Love him. He he used to always say, I'm the greatest, and I'll never forget. You know, I saw an interview one time. He said, Muhammad, how'd you become the greatest boxer of all time? He started to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and and the guy interviewing him said, Well, what are you laughing at? And Muhammad Ali said, I became the greatest boxer of all time because I told everybody I was. Yep. <laughs> and and the guy said, Well, and I jumped up off my couch. I'm like, What? <laughs> and the guy said, Well, what do you mean? He said, Come on. How can you really tell who the greatest boxer of all time was? Styles change, errors change, and there's no official award. He said, but what I was really doing was a couple of things. Number one, I was promoting myself because nobody when I started really knew who I was. So I was marketing myself if you think about it. Number two, I was getting into the head of my competitor because you know a lot of them truthfully had better skills than me and were better boxers. And number three, I wanted to be the greatest. So I had to believe I was the greatest before I could ever step into the shoes. Yeah, perfect illustration of what you're talking about. Love that. Well, we're going to wrap this up, James. Fabulous interview. How could our listeners contact you or get a hold of you or find out more about you? 
Oh, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And I'll make it very easy. Uh, I have a, a brand new book called Millionaire Success Secrets, 33 Unique Ways to Think and Act Like a Millionaire Top Achiever That Will Transform Your Business, Leadership, and Life. And if you would like to get a free copy of the book, yes, that's free. All you have to do is cover the minor shipping and handling charge. But it's a $25, $24.95 uh, hardcover book. And if you'd like to get a free copy, it's very simple. Just go to www.millionairefreebook.com. That's millionairefreebook.com, and your book will be shipped out once you just cover the shipping and handling. And you can always reach me through that website. Or you can connect with me in social media, Facebook, and my, my personal website is www.malinchak.com, M-A-L-I-N-C-H-A-K.com. Awesome. And everyone should get that book. I've read it. I've had my son read parts of it who loves it. He comes quoting uh, quotes from your book to me. And so fabulous. I encourage everyone to go get that book. Well, James, it's been wonderful having you on the show. Thank, thank you so much for joining us today. He's a great friend, a mentor, and as you can see, you know, a wealth of wisdom and advice. So to all of our listeners, just remember that one person, one person can make a difference unilaterally. And you can be that person we don't have to wait for someone else. We can make the decision today, and that's part of becoming, becoming your best. So, hey, thank you for joining us, and we wish you a great day. And thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Becoming Your Best podcast. We want to know what your big takeaways were, so head on over to becomingyourbest.com, and you can find all the information about the podcast right there as well as the show notes page where we'd love to hear what you thought about each and every single episode also if you haven't done so yet please go subscribe to the podcast on itunes and leave a rating and review a rating and review is by far the best way for you to show your appreciation for the show because it helps other people find out about the show and decide if this is the podcast for them so now it's all in your hands. It's time for you to go out there to take action and truly start becoming your best.